Hi, this is Dave Denton of Dave's Voice Works and Radio Guy Reflections and TurnbuckleTrash.net. Two great podcasts, one about professional wrestling and one about radio. And it's all on Anchor. Now, if you haven't heard about Anchor, here's a great way to make a podcast. Use Anchor. It's the easiest way to make a podcast because, hey, it's free. And they give all the creation tools that allow you to record and edit any podcast you'd like to do right from your computer. Use Anchor. Anchor, the best way to podcast and the best way to listen to Turnbuckle Trash or Radio Guy Reflections. This is Radio Guy Reflections. 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 Open your ears real wide and say, Give it to me straight, doctor. I can take it. Here is a complete disc jockey show with all the modern pace of today's exciting radio. So, you guys hear anything good on the radio lately? On November the 2nd, 1920, the first radio station, KDKA of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, signed on the air. Over the years, radio has changed from radio dramas and live performances to the age of the disc jockey. From the man many believe popularized the term rock and roll, Alan Freed, and legendary radio personalities like Wolfman Jack, Dick Clark, Charlie Tuna, Don Imus, and the men who made talk radio what it is today, Rush Limbaugh, Howard Stern, Sean Hannity, and Glenn Beck. Hi, I'm Dave Denton. I'm a radio guy, and even went by that name on the air in Missouri. I'm a radio veteran who started spinning records in 1974 and have seen the industry change from 45s to LPs, carded music, CDs, and now music on hard drives. In this podcast, We'll take a look back, not only at my career, but other men and women who have worked in radio entertaining you. This is Radio Guy Reflections. Hi, everyone. This is another edition of Radio Guy Reflections, and I'm Dave Denton. Today, we have a special Reflections. We're going to talk to a man in Texas who spent most of his career in Utah but he's talking not only about radio in his career, but he also joined us on my other podcast about professional wrestling called Turnbuckle Trash. And also joining us today is my co-host on Turnbuckle Trash, Zane Peterson. So we'll go right to that uh, interview in just a little bit, but I want to remind everyone that Dave's Voice Works brings us today's Radio Guy Reflections. Dave's Voice Works is an audio production company that I run from my home, and I can help you with with narrations. Maybe you uh, have a special video project you're working on, or if you have a small business and you want some radio ads done, I can take care of that. Just go to daysvoiceworks.com. That uh, spells works, W-O-R-X. Or you can email me at ddenton530 at gmail.com, ddenton530. 530 at gmail.com. I'd be happy to talk to you about any audio project. And if you are a radio station, I also can do some work for you too. Now let's go to Radio Guy Reflections, Mike Trena, and my co-host on Turnbuckle Trash, Zane Peterson. We have a special guest on the other line with us. He's being oh so patient and oh so, so kind and waiting for us to get through our our cold open here. Is it, that's not really considered a cold open, is it, Dave? No, it's just an open. Just an open. Because I have an intro well, that I play right before this. So, so let me introduce you to to this 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 fella. Okay, he is not a bad guy, and he's not a good guy, but he is the guy. He is coming to us live from Texas. 
the free state of Texas, the man, the myth, the legend, my friend, Mike Traina. Howdy, y'all. How Mike, you doing? Bring, bring, it in, bring it in hot, Mike. Bring it in hot. <laughs> bring it in hot. I'm bringing it in as hot as I can, Zane, here from Texas. We're in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, and boy, I tell you what, I was sweating today just outside playing catch with my boy. So, Mike, um, I, I want to give us a little background on you and I, uh, and and then I want to turn the time over to you a little bit to introduce yourself. But um, So when I first moved to central Utah, um, I didn't know hardly anybody. And um, Mike Traina reached out to me and uh, we sat down one night and just had probably one of the best conversations I've had in my life. Just, just uh, two guys just talking. I, I think what I appreciated most about everything was how kind you were to me and my family without even knowing us. You welcomed us into the community. You welcomed us into basically your family, and you didn't have to do that. So I do want to tell you thank you for that. Um, so, Mike, why don't you take it from here? Tell us a little bit about what you're doing now, what you've been doing in the past. If you like professional wrestling, if you're familiar with it, and just, just give us a little bit about what you think about the whole well, I appreciate that, Zane. That's a pretty uh, kind introduction there. And I, I was looking around the room here trying to figure out who's he talking about here, this nice guy. <laughs> I, I don't see that guy, but uh, no, I, I've appreciated your friendship and, and there's just some uh, charisma about you that uh, kind of drew me towards you and, and I wanted to be your friend and the best way you can become friends with someone is find a, find them in a, in a calling with you so you can hang out with them and stuff like that. So that was a that was a good thing. Dave might not know that the real reason I became your friend is so I can get an AC unit in my house, and you can oh, do that really oh, good. So. Now the truth comes out. The truth comes out. I wish he was okay. near me and put mine in last year. It wouldn't have cost me as much. <laughs> I'm just kidding. That was an afterthought. He, he kind of uh, you know, led me that direction, and then I called him back on that. But, no, that, yeah. it was purely just out of friendship, and, and I uh, appreciated Zane and his uh, great love for wrestling, and I tell you what, that's one thing that I kind of connected with because I grew up in uh, St. Louis, Missouri, and uh, they had a, and I forget what it was called, um, the arena that used to have, maybe it was called the Checker Dome. I can't yeah. remember. They had the Checker Dome, then it went to the arenas just off uh, Highway 40 because uh, I, I lived about seven years in the St. Louis area, so I'm very familiar with what you're talking about, so. Yeah, exactly. And then they may have the wrestling at uh, some other location there too, but I didn't go to a lot, but I remember going to one and then watching the rest on TV. Cause I was one of those kids that didn't have the dough to go always go and watch them in person. But man, that was the days of uh, Dick, the bruiser and Ric Flair. And uh, boy, I just loved watching those guys on TV, hot Roddy Piper and uh, Randy Savage. And that's exactly why Zane kind of got into my heart. Cause he goes out on Halloween, Dave, and he's he's Rand, Macho Man Randy Savage out there, and he yeah. got the voice down just perfectly. Oh, he does, so doesn't really he? Awesome. Give us a little yeah. taste of Randy Savage here, uh, Zane. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, the tower of power too sweet to be sour. <laughs> oh, yeah. Funky like a monkey. Yeah, you're funky like a monkey. Mike, when you talk <laughs> St. Louis, and you said one name there that – kind of ties me in with you just a little bit. You said Dick the Bruiser. And I yeah, I don't you remember him? I don't I don't know how old you are. I know I'm probably the old guy in this in this troop, but uh my first experience my second experience with professional wrestling was at something called the Keel Auditorium in downtown St. Louis. My uncle took me to see wrestling. This was in 1968 and I saw Jack Briscoe, I saw Dick the Bruiser, I saw Bruiser Brody, and uh, so when you mentioned Dick the Bruiser, big, big fan. He was a, just an old-time scruffy dude that just would go in there and kick some bruising butt. Uh, that, so we have that in common <laughs> yep. there, man. Uh, definitely so. And that, he was actually my favorite. Maybe it was just the name, you know, Dick the Bruiser. What a name. And, uh, of course, Ric Flair is in there, too, at, at that time and all that stuff. But yeah, that was the, the venue I was trying to remember was the Keel Auditorium. Okay. And that's where they, they would always do it at the Keel Auditorium. Uh, Checker Dome is where I watched my hometown St. Louis Blues play a lot before they got to the uh, Savis Center, whatever right. they call it now. And, uh, of course, baseball town. St. Louis is a big baseball town with the Cardinals. And uh, 
know, grew up as a Cardinal fan as well. But, boy, that wrestling thing, that that just drew Zane and I together. We kind of talked about that a little bit. And, you know, growing up in St. Louis, the, the first thing that, just to give you a little background on me, I've been in radio for, oh, my goodness, since I was probably 20 years old. And uh, I'm 50 now, so it's been about 30 years. Uh, the one thing that I, the reason I got into radio was because I was one of those high school kids where all my friends are picking careers. You know, I got an architect friend that was going to go to school to be an architect, one that was going to go and, you know, go to trade school. And here's Mike Traina wondering, what the heck am I going to do with my life? <laughs> so uh, I'm just sitting there thinking. And then, you know, we'd always get together because, you know, uh, St. Louis is a big hockey town. So we yeah. play a lot of street hockey on the, uh, the, the, the pavement of the, the church parking lots and stuff like that. And so uh, I would actually start to announce our games just like the, uh, you know, <laughs> Dan Kelly did and, you know, Gus Kyle and those hockey guys. So I just started announcing. So when it came uh, to my friends are making decisions about their careers, I say, well, why don't you just be a radio guy? And I'm like, oh, maybe I can be a radio guy. <laughs> so, <laughs> I looked it up. Uh, they had a, a broadcast uh, school there in St. Louis called the Broadcast Center, and I'm like, oh, this is cool. Uh-huh. So I went there, and my idol in hockey's son was giving a seminar there. His name was John Kelly, mm-hmm. uh, Dan Kelly, the hockey announcer's uh, son, and he got into calling play-by-play of hockey too. And uh, he just got me hooked. He talked about being a sports play-by-play guy, so I went to the school for uh, two years and then got my first job out in Montana. So I went out to Montana, did some high school play-by-play out there, worked for a radio station, and then eventually got hired down into Utah in the uh, Sampe County area where Zane was. Uh, well, he wasn't there yet. I was there first. Oh, yeah. Then I, yeah, you were there I got a there. long time ago. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thanks, buddy. So anyway, I got a job there at the radio stations. We covered uh, about 10 high schools in the Snow College, and I just uh, stayed there and was loving it, calling play-by-play of football, basketball, and other stuff like that, did a little wrestling. And so that's where I basically uh, lived my life for uh, about 20 years was right there and, and doing that kind of stuff. So, Mike, a lot of people locally, um, they know you as the, the voice of the Badgers. Um, how did you become – and the Badgers, in case anybody's wondering, there's a local junior college here in Sanfeet County. Um, they're one of the best junior colleges in the – entire nation uh, snow college i mean they've got a lot of recognition across the whole country um how did you get involved with the badgers and tell us a little bit about that that college the collegiate level and just some of your experiences with that a little bit oh sure sure uh i got on to doing snow college well the voice of the badgers before i became the voice of the badgers is the actual the current actually the current voice of the badgers now since i have stopped doing it, uh, Gary Chittister. And he's been teaching at the college for, oh, umpteen years. I think he's probably one of the most senior uh, professors there at the college now. But uh, he was the voice of the Badgers for years. I was doing high school radio station, so I'd always listen to him and, and uh, you know, never thought he would uh, give it up. And then all of a sudden he did, and then I was like, well, maybe I could throw my hat in the ring. So uh, I started doing the snow uh, – football broadcast and men's basketball broadcast. I think back in, I think that was a 2004 or 2005. I started doing that and uh, just announced the, the football team. And you're right. The, the talent that comes into snow because snow is one of the few junior colleges that are left where those kids who may not have the, the total grades to get into a division one college or need some, some, you know, brushing up of their skills and need some playing time at a JC before they can make it to division one. That's where these type of guys go. And when uh, one of the saddest days uh, of my life is when I heard that the, the Church of Jesus Christ, Latter-day Saints, was shutting down the sports programs at Ricks College in Idaho. And uh, that was heartbreaking for a lot of people. But a lot of those kids that were playing J.C. football up there decided to come to Snow. So Snow became the uh, big cog in the J.C. world of, of college football. And uh, then when Dixie State went to uh, a four-year institution, uh, they also lost the JC kids that wanted to go there. So Snow just became one of these juggernauts in college football. And I think they've played in, uh, they played in one national championship in 85. They won that. But when this all happened, I think they've been in a total of uh, three 
possibly four national championship games. They haven't won it yet again. They just played in the last one this past year and lost to, to uh, a Kansas team uh, in the last uh, quarter. I think it was a very close game anyway. So that's what I've been doing for about uh, 20 years, just traveling across to Arizona and, and Colorado and uh, back to Kansas, calling snow games. And it's been a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun calling that kind of uh, that level of uh, play because it's the collegiate level where you got the best of the best almost of the high schools playing. So it's kind of fun. And you've, you've had quite a few players that where it's snow – that went on to star for BYU. I think one or two went to U of U and and even to Utah State University. And I think a couple of them have actually into the pros a little bit. Uh, so uh, any players that stuck out in your mind during that time frame? Well, there's a, there's a couple. Uh, Deuce Latui uh, played at Snow. He was a uh, played at the went on to play at the uh, USC and then went on to play, I believe, for the Arizona Cardinals and and uh, played there as a, uh, a lineman, I believe, an offensive lineman. Uh, there's just been uh, quite a few. Matt Asiata, uh, you may remember him from the Minnesota Vikings. Mm-hmm. He played in the, that year that Snow was uh, ranked number one in the country and then lost a heartbreaker at Eastern Arizona to knock him out of the national championship oh, wow. game. Um, had a kid on there that uh, played, uh, well, let's see, I think uh, – Garrett Bowles, oh yeah, he's the uh, University of Utah guy playing for the Denver Broncos on offensive line. Uh, you got Aaron Boone, uh, wide receiver. He played at Snow. Um, Josh Heupel, you remember him, the Heisman Trophy? Oh yeah, runner up in 2000. Uh-huh. Played at the University of Oklahoma. Um, you know, Star Lotulele and uh, Brett Kiesel. Uh, Brett, of course, uh, Super Bowl champion for the Steelers. Uh, and got a great Uncle. beard. Got a great beard. <laughs> yes, he does. <laughs> and so, do, so does his uh, relatives there that live in San Pete County, too. Oh, there's some cool. Kiesels there with some good beards, too. All so. right. My kind of people. Yeah, so there's a lot of – there's a few players. Like every JC's got someone that's uh, made it the, the, the big way. Of course, uh, uh, w- another one was Capri Bibbs. I don't know if you remember him from Colorado State University. He's kind of a – a rocket kind of uh, running back anyway. So I can't remember who he plays for now. But, yeah, there's a lot of kids that you'd you'd watch for. And then after you call him as a snow announcer, you see him in the NFL and you're like, oh, there's there's that boy. There's my boy. You know, <laughs> I called him when he was a J.C. ball. They, he doesn't remember me, but <laughs> anyway. That's awesome. So, yeah, a lot of fun. So uh, let me ask you uh, a little bit more about your, your early background because we share a little bit about Missouri. When was – where were you at in St. Louis, uh, maybe at the high school, so I can place where you were, and um, and and what and what time frame you were there? Well, I'm a graduate from the '80s. Graduated in '89. A uh, little high school there. I didn't go to a, uh, one of those big high schools, but it was a small school called Afton High School. It's oh. uh, kind of in the uh, uh, it's just outside the uh, city limits of St. Louis, so it's really close. I mean, my grandmother lived in the city and I was just outside the city limits. So uh, that's basically where I, where I was, went to a small high school and gave me the opportunity to play a little football, play a little baseball and, and uh, do a little, you know, theater and stuff like that. I'm not very good at theater. I found that out, (laughs) but at least I tried it. That's right. So I'm sure Zane probably did a little theater back in his day, the way he can kind of act there. Well, all I did was make a fool of myself. And you did it very well. Yeah. I caused controversy. Controversy follows me everywhere I go. (laughs) So, Mike, I'm going to throw out a couple of schools for you, okay, because I was actually back in uh, Montgomery City, Missouri, if you know where that's at, about halfway between St. Louis and and Columbia. I did high high school play-by-play for Montgomery County, Montgomery R2, Herman High School, Wellsville Middletown. But I, I, one of the games I remember the best was Brighton High School, right outside of the airport in St. Louis, and it was uh-huh. a, it was a playoff game, and it was tied at I think it was nothing nothing at the half, and then Brighton High School decided to put in the four by one hundred state record relay team as their wishbone offense, and it ended fifty five to nothing or something like that after one. Ouch! It was a, a biggie, but. Yeah, th- then I'm going to throw out a name and just see if you knew that he was in that area in professional wrestling at Bowling Green High School. It was Kane. Glenn Jacobs went to Bowling Green High School during that time. 
And now, mm. now he is the mayor of Knox County in Tennessee. That's Knoxville. It's it's amazing. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's the I call it the Dave Denton book of useless knowledge, and I always come up with all these weird things for for people. But <laughs> yeah, I, I'm very familiar with Afton. I'm very familiar with the, all those schools in St. Louis. Did uh, a lot of high school sports in that area for about eight years. So yeah, we might even ran into each other sometime. There was even a a wrestling event at the old Bush Stadium that had Hulk Hogan, Sergeant Slaughter, Andre the Giant, but it was outdoors at Bush. And I went to that. Mm-hmm. That, was, that was a that was a fun time. St. Louis, by yeah. the way, is a great town. It is one of my favorite places to go to. It's it's got a lot of history there, and of course, uh, there's some sections of uh, of St. Louis that uh, you know back in the uh, 20s, 30s, 40s when they had some uh, immigration going on. That was one of the central locations where a lot of the uh, Italian immigrants settled in a place called the Hill mm-hmm. in St. Louis. In fact, uh, the uh, fire hydrants in that section of town. Uh, are painted the same color as the uh, Italian flag. You know, they're green, red, and, and white, and it's kind of cool you're in that area. But that's where a lot of the Italian immigrants had settled, and that's where my family settled because oh. my grandfather came over on the boat from uh, Sicily, and uh, my great-grandfather came. Uh, my grandfather was probably eight years old, and, and they settled in that area. And, of course, that's the place where Yogi Berra, you may remember that mm-hmm. name from baseball, uh, he hailed from that area too, and uh, a lot of other uh, uh, baseball players, and and I don't know many that made it uh, big time, but you'd have to go back and look. But they also had that, uh, you know, uh, a lot of those guys played soccer, and my two uncles were on the uh, Team USA soccer team uh, back in the 50s. Wow. Uh, they're both inducted into the Soccer Hall of Fame in, in St. Louis, uh, Pete and John Trena. And I think I even went to their induction into that uh, uh, Hall of Fame for soccer there in St. Oh, Louis. But that's awesome. they both played on that those, those teams. And they went to um, down to, uh, uh, I guess, South America and played some games. And the U.S. team wasn't stellar back then by any means. But I think uh, he was uh, one of my uncles, uh, not both of them at the same time, but I think it was my Uncle Pete may have been on that team that uh, – that miracle match, they made a movie out of that. I don't know if many people have seen it, but uh, it was when the Team USA, I think, uh, either tied England or something like that down there, which was huge for USA oh, soccer. Yeah. But anyway, so, yeah, I've got a lot of ties to the hill over there, and every time I go back to St. Louis, I love to go back over to uh, Barra Park, which is named after Yogi Berra. My dad played softball there. My uncles played soccer. Uh, my younger uncles, these were my great uncles that played for Team USA back in the 50s. But right. A lot of good times back there, Dave. It's just, uh, you know, I remember playing high school football at Afton High School, and just like you mentioned that story about the football team, we went down to Soldan, which is down in, uh, I think, down near the city uh, part of St. Louis. We played them in the first round of the playoffs, and we had this fast running back, and we were so excited, and we got up 8 nothing because he scored like a 60-yard touchdown, and then kind of the same thing there. All of a sudden, they put their – three or four running backs who could run faster than lightning. And I think we got beat 55 to eight. Uh, yeah. Some great <laughs> but, athletes back there though. I tell you what, they had some great football teams. Yes, they did. Yes, they did. But good times back in St. Louis. You know, I remember as a kid uh, in the eighties, uh, St. Louis Cardinals were in the world series. And uh, I remember they won the world series with Ozzie Smith and Willie McGee and Daryl Porter. And uh, boy, all those guys that, uh, you know, Joaquin Andohar was in that area as well i don't know if he's on that championship team or not but we were outside banging trash can lids the streets were just buzzing as the cardinals won the world series and uh you know of course they won the world series a lot more than the blues ever got to the stanley cup final which that was never until a couple years ago but (laughs) anyway (laughs) well i was there uh at the the old bush stadium when the st louis football cardinals played their last game against i believe it was the new york giants before they moved to, to phoenix in Arizona. So I got to go there. Uh, that was only my second game I ever got to go to Bush Stadium. But uh, just a, a great baseball town, hockey town. Football was kind of third in that area. Didn't you find that? I always struggled to fully support the football team and keep them there with, with what they had going. Because, yeah, like you said, baseball is number one, hockey. They even had a hard time keeping around the uh, indoor soccer team, the uh, St. Louis Steamers or something yeah, like I that. I went to a couple of their games, so. Yeah, they had a goalkeeper back in my day called Slobo Ilyeski. Ah. <laughs> I just remember Slobo. I'm like, who names their kid Slobo, right? <laughs> who <laughs> Zane, names their kid Zane? Name? Yeah. 
<laughs> Zane's next kid's gonna be named Slobo, right? <laughs> yeah, no, you've got me thinking now. Like, <laughs> thinking whales are whales are turning. Reflection. 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 Hi, this is Dave Denton. Let my voice go to work for you. It's Dave'sVoiceWorks.com. Spell works, W-O-R-X. And you can hear samples of my on-air work and also some of the commercials I've done over the years. There's pictures from some of my career and more, all at Dave'sVoiceWorks.com. Dave'sVoiceWorks.com. Spell works, W-O-R-X. As we say in the radio business, if you put that on the radio, people will listen to it. This is Radio Guy Reflections. Too many people in this business who think that they're, uh, I guess it's a podcast, their stuff doesn't stink. You know, it's just like, (laughs) hey, look, we're all just enjoying the game. We're all just having a good time. Sports are supposed to be fun. Don't take yourself too seriously. Let's go have a good time and really uh, paint a great picture for the fans out there. I wanted to be me. I didn't want to put on a show. Well, you know, I wanted to obviously a show, but I didn't want to be fake on the air. Um, what you what you get is what you, you know, get. That would be a fascinating career. I, I want to witness history in a way and see it and tell the compelling stories of it. Uh, when did you find out uh, he is autistic? When you get that diagnosis, it's not necessarily a shock to you, but it's validating how you've been feeling. I can't imagine what the future of talk radio could been or would have been had Rush not come along when he did. This is Radio Guy Reflections. I want to talk um, a little bit more about wrestling. I mean, you guys are all like, oh, I'm a sports guy. I know all this stuff. And I'm like, I don't know anything about sports. All I know about is NASCAR and professional wrestling. Oh, and comic books. Don't forget the comic books. (laughs) A little bit, a little oh, bit okay, of comic yeah. books, yeah, okay. yeah. Like my kid, my kids got more comic book knowledge than me now. Oh, <laughs> like good for him. <laughs> like you don't know about this person and this person, and I'm like, well, no. Well, Dad, you got to watch more Young Justice. <laughs> oh <Okay>. yes. <laughs> so, Mike, um, uh, you you kind of don't follow professional wrestling super all super heavy these days. Is that correct? Well, that's correct. Yeah, I, it was back in the '80s that I was really into them, and and I mean, I wasn't one of those kids that I mean, I was I wasn't wearing the wrestling shirts. I wasn't, you know, always looking to go to these. You're you're probably the biggest wrestling fan that I know, and I don't know, Dave, maybe he is too, but you are you are just uh, like over the top. And I was like, man, this dude is cool. I kind of like him. So, uh, but yeah, I wasn't really all into it. I mean, it was something to to go do and something to be a part of, and. Yeah, when I was a kid, I'm eating my Cheerios, and I got the flipping, uh, you know, WWF, when you can call it that, back then, uh, watching that on TV. And, and you'd always see these Saturday matches and the tag teams, and they're just great entertainers. You know, that's what I loved about wrestling is that the guys know how to entertain. I mean, Rick Rude, uh, man, uh, Rick Flair, uh, Randy Savage, they all were able to, the way they talked, it was just fun. They were cocky, and, and you just laughed. It was awesome. Well, that actually really, really – leads me into this this uh this next little bit this is perfect and i'm trying something new mike we're getting tech savvy here on turnbuckle trash and so i'm gonna play a clip i i if you can't hear it let me know and i'll figure out another way so this clip's gonna play right now yeah and i just think it's like i want like you, you know wrestling can be you versus me it can be but i think it can be so much more you know, I, I, I like making connections and I like making subtleties because I think for me, the more I'm in it, the, the details become more and more important. And not just the details in our facial, the details in our movement, the details in our footwork, but also the details in promo, promo work or in like stuff that you wear or like little hints that you drop here and there. Now tying in social media because it's a different world, right? So for me, that's where the fun comes from because it allows me to create it allows, allows me to keep my head focused on something because I need an outlet. I, I, I can't sit still. Like, if you ask my wife, like, I'm, like when I'm walking through the house, she'll hear me, like, screaming and making moves and all that stuff. She's like, you're okay. And I'm just, like, rehearsing promos or coming up with, 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 like, with, like, you know, ideas for, like, character things or, like, I've written stuff, like, frantically written stuff. That when I'm the news hits you, you got you to take advantage of it, right? Yeah, yeah. exactly. And, and, and it hits a lot. And I think I've, I've 
noted more stuff down than I've ever like translated towards an audience, but at least I've got a, like a good, like manifest, you know, to work from, but that's where wrestling for me becomes fun when I can drop these little details and where I can really sit and digest it and go, we can do this. We can do that. So that was Alistair Black um, talking to Chris Jericho on his podcast. And I wanted to get your thoughts on that. Uh, You know, he really talks about, what wrestling means to him and he really talks about it from an entertainment point of view uh what do you think about about that from from the entertainment point of view i mean because everybody's always like oh wrestling's fake how can you like that crap but everything is entertainment i mean sports you've been involved in sports a lot in your life and and it's entertainment for everybody and and football, they're, they're athletic, and baseball, they're athletic. And, and here you've got a little bit of a different type of athlete to where maybe the matches or the moves or a few things are, are predetermined. But uh, I don't know. Tell, tell, tell me what you think about that just for a minute. Well, I, I've always loved uh, being entertained. I, I think everyone loves to be entertained. You know, when you go to a, a football game and you have a – uh, a prolific announcer that calls the game. You like to listen to them because they're entertaining. I mean, anyone, anyone can tell you what's going on in the game and it could be boring and you're like, Oh, this guy's a dud, but you know, it, it's about entertainment. I, I felt that way with wrestling all the time. I mean, you, you watch wrestling and you're like, okay, that size actually hits another dude <laughs> where he hit him. That's going to split up. That's going to be stitches right on the spot. You're going to see blood pouring out. I mean, you knew, that some of that was, was, was not what it was. That wasn't what it was about. It was about, and I don't think the fans really wanted their heroes or their wrestling guys to be actually hurt where they couldn't perform the next week or the next night or whatever they did. They love the entertainment value. It just looks great. If the more that they can sell it, that, uh, you know, what they're doing, because it's, that stuff is hard to do. I don't know if you were like me as a kid where we'd, get our friends together and we try to mimic the wrestling guys and we're like, Oh man, that move is so hard. How did he do that? You know, it just, it never looked real when we did it. And we're like, dude, these guys are really talented to get that much muscle to do what they're doing from the height they're doing it and being able to swing each other around. I mean, a lot of those moves that they, they do in the ring. And I, I don't, you know, I'm, I mean, I'm showing you that I don't know a lot about wrestling cause I don't know the names of all those moves, you know, but the way they get on the top of the turnbuckle and fly through the air and knock into each other and make it look sellable. I mean, there's guys that can do that, and you're like, oh, that's totally fake. You know, that look bad. That was us. That was the kids. We're jumping off the roof of my house and playing with each other, and it's like, this ain't working. <laughs> I just sprained my ankle, dude. <laughs> so, so from that standpoint, you just love the that. And I think that what led up to it most, Zane, you're asking that question, is the way these guys talked, the way they acted, the, the way they sold it, the, the cockiness, you know, they'd, they'd be the good guys and the bad guys and, and the guys who were sneaky and, and uh, you know, the guys who cheated, and, and which I loved about wrestling because there's really no rules. You know, the referees never really <laughs> clamp down on anything. They hit people with chairs, and you're like, oh, he, he should have a concussion. He should be knocked out. It's, no, he turns around and then goes after him. It's awesome. So I love the entertainment value, the way the guys talk. And the guys you remember, at least for me, are the guys that, you know, like uh, Randy Savage or, you know, uh, uh, what was the – I can't even remember the guy who wore the Joker uh, blazer that always was the manager or something like that. What was his name? Do you, does that come out? guy with the beard, black beard, black mustache, sunglasses, and he was oh, like the promoter. Oh, yeah. What's, who was that? Jimmy Hart. Yeah, yeah. Mouth of the cell. Those – yeah, those guys, they, they sold it, man. It, it was so fun. And, and then, you know, Hulk Hogan and, uh, you know, uh, Roddy Piper was my fun. Cause he would always get so mad and red in the face, and I love that guy, you know. So it's just stuff like that. It's entertainment, and those guys were the best at it. I don't know anybody else who can act like those guys. You know, that's why some of these guys go into, you know, The Rock and uh, John Cena, they go into acting because <laughs> they know how to do it, man. You talked about, uh, Zane, sometimes I think you and I, we have so many people say, oh, that stuff is fake, and why do you watch it? We don't realize there's so many closet fans out there. Why else are the two top movies out right now? One of them stars John Cena in The Suicide Squad, and the other is Dwayne The Rock Johnson, 
who is in uh, the Jungle Cruise, I think it is, by Disney. Two of the top movies out right now. Some of the top TV shows on cable are all uh, wrestling shows. Wednesday night, All Elite. One of the top uh, TV shows on cable all night long. You you get people going to independent events. They might not be selling you know five, five and 6,000 seats, but consistently two to 300 seats in some of the smaller venues. And then when they get to like San Antonio tonight, that place will have eighteen to 19,000 people rocking the house to watch their heroes in the ring in professional wrestling. And I think it's a great lesson to learn for us, Zane and I, that there are people out there that say they're not fans, but secretly they are, aren't they, Zane? Interesting. I never thought of that, Dave, where you said the two, the top two movies in America right now are... <laughs> star professional wrestlers and then you, you know? add dave batista in there with all the movies he's done recently and there's there's yeah. a third name yeah. just huge names all professional wrestlers well, and, and i know that there's a, a show coming out on stars right now called heels that's uh, a, a drama series that mm-hmm. stars Stephen amell and it's you know it's about a small a small promotion in the south and these brothers and uh you know that's a pretty big name network, and I'm sure they've they've had to put a lot of money into this show, and they're 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 counting on it, selling and and doing good, or else they wouldn't put any. There's there's got to be something more to wrestling than the, the the handful of people out there that say, oh, it's just fake. I mean, like Mike said, it's it's entertainment, and everything. I don't know. If, I mean, we as human beings crave to be entertained. Uh-huh. I mean, we, we look for that moment where, you know, our, our work week has is, is been a drag and it's been busy. And, and I mean, I'll tell you, you know, Dave and Mike, a couple of weeks ago when we got to go to DCW with me and my kid, I mean, that's what it's all about for me is, is that entertainment value and that time spent with with my my kid building those memories and building those you know relationships and 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 then you stack entertainment on top of that you know watching uh leo wolf go through a table and and uh uh you know uh just just so much that happened that night was so entertaining and football entertains us nascar entertains us you know, the movies entertain us, but yet so many people kind of say, oh, well, wrestling, you know, that stuff's fake. <laughs> well, Zane, you and I have talked about this, and uh, I, you know, I will say if I ever watch another uh, ish, uh, episode of Survivor, just cut my eyes out, you know. I watched it twice, <laughs> and I'd never get those two hours back. I can't stand those singing competition shows. The Masked Singer, uh-uh, no, not this kid. But it's just different forms of entertainment. And, Mike, you mentioned a name a couple of times, and I'm just going to give you, once again, from the Dave Denton book of useless knowledge, you mentioned a guy who was also an actor at times. He was in the Spider-Man movie, Randy Macho Man Savage, where he played Bonesaw. Bonesaw McGraw. So, so Mike, I'm going to give you a little Randy Savage trivia here because his real name is Randy Poffo. And Randy Poffo uh, made it to AA Louisville Cardinals. So he was in the Cardinal organization and before he decided to go into professional wrestling with his father and brother. Wow. That's, that's useless. Now, I'm going to use, I don't know where I'm going to use that, but that's cool to know. <laughs> you know, we've had the opportunity to actually talk and interviews uh, quite a few of uh, the professional wrestlers. And that's been such a joy because above all you know we're not experts we call our we call ourselves fans and how much fun it's been to be able to do this podcast with my buddy zane for what we're going on seven years aren't we man yeah can you believe that that's amazing guys yeah you're in um you're in texas you said the dallas fort worth area and i'm just gonna make sure that you know that was a hotbed for professional wrestling in the uh, mid 70s up to about the mid 80s with the von erics and uh, boy, they had uh, the Freebirds go through there, uh, Eric Embry, and they used to uh, wrestle at a place called the Sportatorium right in Dallas, Texas, 
and they said it was one of the biggest rat holes in the world. But now you know you're in one of the hotbeds of professional wrestling, too. I, I never knew that. That's kind of cool. I, you don't see the remnant of that around here too much. You know, you see a lot of football stadiums that they put millions of dollars in, and, and it, it makes the Utah uh, football stadiums look like uh, junior highs or, or preschools, I tell you, man. But uh, that's cool to know. That is cool. I know we're kind of close to Nacho Libre area, too, and, yeah. uh, you know. <laughs> we had uh, but, uh, a lady that's very famous in wrestling, and her family is uh, in the uh, Lucha uh, wrestling business, and that is Vicky Guerrero, Eddie Guerrero's, uh, the late Eddie Guerrero's la- uh, wife, who is now appearing on uh, on All Elite Wrestling and helping them uh, coach them, especially with their promos. But, uh, yeah, Mike, uh, professional wrestling in Dallas-Fort Worth, was huge, and there's still some Von Erichs out there. Uh, the two sons of, I think it's Kevin Von Erich, wrestle in Major League Wrestling, and one of the other brothers' uh, daughters, Lacey Von Erich, has been in and out of wrestling for a long time, and they're very talented. I've watched them, uh, all of them together, and I, I think that sometimes when they bring, if you hear them coming with Major League Wrestling to Dallas, you got to be there, man. you got to be there. Yeah, Von Erichs, that's, uh, that's right. I, I hadn't remembered that name until you just brought it up, you know, and I had to Google it real quick to look, and I see you know, all these wrestlers with uh, trophies, and I'm like, oh, my goodness. Like, yeah, I remember those guys. Yeah. That was, that was kind of cool. So um, I can't – I think uh, – was it Carrie? Uh, who made it the, the, the biggest in, 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 in the wrestling? Was, well, was there one – And he wrestled with a prosthetic foot because he actually lost his foot in a, a motorcycle accident. So all that time he was in WWE making those spectacular moves, he was doing it on a prosthetic foot, and that's just amazing. Wow. And, and these guys are, are, are talented. You know, you were talking about the talent of uh, the WWE and, and the guys that can make it, and Zane was saying that, you know, some of those guys that can't make it at the professional sports level can come and have a, maybe a career in wrestling. But you know what? There's a lot of guys who can wrestle. I mean, the wrestling, you know, that they do in the NCAA. I mean, those guys can can wrestle. But you take one of those guys, they might not have the personality that they can actually be a WWE wrestler because these guys have to be charismatic. They have to be quick of wit. They have to they have to be athletic, and most of all, they have to entertain. And I think that's why we have these heroes that we do, whether it's The Rock or John Cena. Or you know, whoever goes in there that way, uh, you know, I don't know how Ronda Rousey's done as as being an entertainer the way she talks, but I mean, these guys are are really talented guys, and they gotta they gotta think quick with their minds and be fun and entertaining. And there's a lot of guys who have a lot of God given talent that really can't do that when it comes to that. So I really respect wrestling. I love them for that, and that's why I get excited about it when I watch it. And and I've never watched. Uh, you know, SmackDown or anything like that where I've said, man, that was a waste of time. But you know what? I went to a BYU-Utah State football game about six, seven years ago, and they played a 6 nothing football game, and I left that game saying, that was a boring game. There was no scoring. <laughs> that happens a lot with Utah State sports. Oh, I shouldn't say that. So they've got, a, they've got their former quarterback playing for the Green Bay Packers right now and Jordan Love. So uh, anyway, when you're talking Dallas and Fort Worth, uh, tell us what you're doing now in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. Well, I, I told you earlier that I was the voice of the, of the Badgers at Snow College for oh, 15, uh, close to 20 years, something like that. Uh, and uh, my wife and I have a, a sister-in-law who uh, lives here in, in Dallas-Fort Worth area, and uh, she has two special needs kids that uh, that she has. And we wanted to uh, – she needed some help, and we kind of talked about it and tried to do some things – where I could maybe work remotely for the stations that I work for. And uh, we, we made it work. We were able to get uh, talk to my employer there, and he was willing to let me work from, from the Dallas-Fort Worth area while, we, while my wife was here helping her with her two special needs kids. And uh, they've even started a, a podcast on their own to help moms who are kind of overwhelmed with the, the pressures of raising a special needs child. And, and uh, so they're doing that here. And so we moved here to, to be here to help them. So I had to give up. The thing that I love, which is uh, calling games on the radio for Snow College and the local high schools. So we've been out here for about a year and a half doing that. I'm still working remotely. Uh, I'm actually talking on the microphone that I use every day to work for my job back there when I record radio ads or 
uh, do a DJ show for one of the stations back there in San Pete, which I hope Zane's still listening to me on the radio back there. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> cool, cool. So and that's basically what we're doing. I, we're having a great time uh, getting to know the wonderful people here in Texas, and there's a lot of good people, uh, a lot of good entertainment down here. And, of course, uh, right now we're kind of uh, feeling fortunate because we've got one of the, the governors down here that's uh, allowing us to kind of stay open with this uh, COVID thing going all, all the way around the country. So it's been nice. Yeah. Now let me ask you about that podcast, because, and I'm going to tie this into another podcast I do. Uh, you you said that they're doing a podcast for uh, for parents that uh, have special need kids and and doing that. What is the name of that podcast? Uh, they call it the the Clarity Call. Okay. The Clarity Call podcast, and uh, you can find it where you normally find podcasts at. And they, they just kind of get together and talk about different ways to to help mothers kind of cope with that or our families. And uh, it's really kind of a good positive thing to help them uh, get through that. Because if you've ever known anyone that has a special needs child that they have to monitor 24 7 and sometimes it's life-saving things that you have to know it is so you don't live a normal life it's not like you can go on vacation and go somewhere it's it's really kind of uh, emotionally a, a struggle so they just came up with this podcast to try to help moms like that and give them some hope out there well the reason i i said that was because on radio guy reflections i talked to a morning team in New Mexico, and they're a husband and wife morning team, and they have a child who is extremely autistic. And we talked about mm -hmm. the, the struggles of doing that. So I would like to kind of get those two people, those two uh, together, and maybe they could do something special, and, and she could help them out, and they can help her out. And I'll pass that information along to you because uh, you know, not having a special needs child myself, I have been around a lot of special needs children, and they're special, special people because they can bring such a, a joy to your life, even though it is difficult. So tell you, tell your relatives that I, my hat's off to them, and we'll give them some plugs on our podcast too. Uh, but oh, uh, thank yeah, you. Yeah, and I, I think that's awesome. And then you can give me a plug with your boss down in San Pete, you know, if he needs another announcer because I'm, basi <laughs> I'm basically retired. And Zane can, Zane can tell you that I'm pretty good, right, Zane? Uh, only the best. <laughs> But you said he was the man. So if Mike's the man well, and Mike, I'm the best. I, well, I guess. So what, what are you doing? Between the three of you. Right. I, well, I between the three of us, I'm sure we ought to be able to come up with some cool name <laughs> or some, some triple threat tag team. Or, you know, we have, that, we have the best. We have the greatest. We have, or what were you? I don't know. You guys are confusing me now. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that that's the thing I love about podcasting because, I'm just going to say it right out. You don't have to worry about messing up. You can have fun. It's it's like radio kind of used to be. And, uh, Mike, I did some work for WIL in St. Louis, the number one country station there, filled in a couple of weekends for my friend who was the program director there. And I worked in Columbia uh, at, uh, uh, for a country station there for a while while I was also doing the, the stuff in uh, central Missouri with Montgomery R2 and the uh, Montgomery City Station that on. But radio's changed a lot uh, over the, over the since the 80s, and I think you've seen it. And one of the things that that you, you're talking about right now is being able to do radio and not be in the market. You're, you're what we call a voice tracker. And what are the special uh, – what are, what are the, the – the, the, what I'm trying to say here – is what are the the good it's the good and the bad of being a voice tracker because it, it's, it's got to be a, a special talent that to, to make it do, doing it right well the uh the good thing is that it's it's convenient uh you know it, it's accommodating to, to to be able to do it when you can and and where you can technology is just amazing i mean here here we're on a, a podcast you're in one location zane's in another and i'm halfway across the country in another and it's just amazing we can all get together and chat and have a good time about wrestling, about sports and, and talk about that. It's kind of neat that way as well. You're, you're able to, to kind of work your, your, uh, as an announcer or a radio guy, your opportunities open up, you know, you can work for a station in, in Maryland or work for a station in Phoenix or something like that and be able to, to track from your house. I mean, that's amazing. I guess some of the downfalls of that would be, uh, you know, you're not really in the, in the market to be able to, you know, hobnob with the local people and talk to them and, 
And, uh, yeah, I mean, you can look at the weather forecast and some of the events going on down there, but you really don't have the, the feel. You can't be at uh, station events. You can't be at uh, to talk to the people. So I guess that would be a downfall of, of not being able to do that. You're kind of removed from the situation. But, uh, you know, again, it's all about entertainment. Um, you know, here I'm watching TV and I'm watching WWE on TV when I'm flipping through the channels oh. and I don't watch it. Don't watch it regularly, but I'll stop and say, I'm going to watch this for a few minutes. This guy looks fun. <laughs> so That's awesome, Mike. And uh, I'm going to send you, I'm going to get your uh, email address in a little bit. I'm gonna, I, I've sent it to Zane, but I did a little thing when I lost my job here in Logan uh, about what local radio could learn from professional wrestling. And I'd love to send it to you and, and get your, your thoughts on it because I, I thought it turned out pretty good. So, uh, it's yeah. just been such a pleasure. Zane, you got anything else? Yeah. You know, one thing I want to talk to Mike about, we didn't really cover too much uh, on the radio side of things, uh, was it seems like, Mike, most of your career, you've been involved with radio here in Sassy County, which is a rural area. And so what? how was it to – uh, you know, number one, make a living in a small community because we all know that radio announcers, Dave's talked many times, uh, don't get appreciated as much as, as they should. And and how how did the community react to you? And I mean, because like Dave's always talked about being almost a local celebrity up there in Cache Valley. You know, Dave, tell him the we've heard it a hundred times, but Dave, tell him the story. <laughs> The, the story about uh, uh, having a certain uh, body appendage and all that, yeah. Okay, Mike, back in the year 2000, I became very, very ill with some kidney problems. Uh, mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, in 18 months' time, I had 11 surgeries and uh, spent weeks in the hospital and almost died one week that I was in the hospital. But oh, wow. during this time frame, uh, I had stents put into my urinary tract system. And it goes from the kidney to coming out, right? Yeah. And it's yeah, trying to get yeah. you a trying to get you an open pipe, you know, right through from the kidney out. And I had been going to this one doctor's office during this time frame, probably at least once every two weeks for a year. And I had a stent put in in one of the surgeries I had, and the doctor decided to take it out, and it was an in-office procedure. Well, here's good old day. I'm I am sans clothing. I am butt naked, as they say in the south. Uh, and I ain't got a stitch of clothing on. And I am in stirrups, about like I'm about to give birth. And there is <laughs> wow. this this little nurse, little lady, sitting over in the corner, and she had been my nurse this whole time, but I never talked about what I did because I don't I'd never Went around saying, well, I'm on the radio, do 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 And all of a sudden, when I'm in there, and she's in there, and I'm in the stirrups, and she says, well, Dave, I wanted to thank you for those circus tickets you gave me. We sure had a lot of fun. <laughs> I get a kick out of that every time you tell that. You, you can't believe how red I turned. It was, and and then right before I started getting well, I'm in the Budge Clinic, which is right next to Logan Regional Hospital, and I'm having just X-rays done, and the X-ray technician recognizes me, but luckily I had a robe on, you know, and and, and then I got ill again, and I had to have a little emergency surgery because of a sore that popped up in between well you just don't want to know where this big boil popped up at it was it was bad uh-huh. and and the wound had trouble healing so i was going to a wound clinic and the nurses there that were helping me uh, luckily one was a guy they started bringing in students to look at my bare butt and other regions and I, I thought when they asked me if they could bring in a student or two, I thought, you know, maybe four or five. No, it was like 10 at a time. They were running them through like they were going through a TSI line, line at the airport. And finally, I had to say, that's enough. I'm tired of people looking at my 
Yeah. <laughs> and that went around the hospital. I'll tell you, they, they had to laugh about that. But yeah, you are, uh, you do become kind of a, a local celebrity. It's the low end of the celebrity spectrum, but you do become a little bit of a celebrity. And I say that's a good thing and also can be a little bit annoying. And I think you probably found that in San Pete County when people would recognize you either from your voice or they saw you at a remote or saw an ad that was maybe in the newspaper that that featured you. And it's nice and also can be a little bit discerning, can it? Yes, it can. You're right. The, the best thing that you can do as a radio guy is just keep your mouth shut wherever you are and you stay incognito. Uh, however, once you open your mouth, everybody, you see their ears perk up and their eyes go, wait a minute. <laughs> I've heard that voice before. Uh-huh. What, what, is the radio on? Yeah, exactly. And you, you can't get out of uh, that at all. You know, it, it is. I've never been in stirrups letting people look at things that I don't want them to see, but, uh, you know, I, I, I can relate to you that way. And <laughs> you, t- you know what? They're always going to remember you're the guy that they saw in that position because you're the radio guy. You know, they'll forget the guy that was there yesterday or the day before, but they're always going to remember Dave, Dave, Dave was in there, the yeah. stirrups. And then one more quick time, I had a, a knee replacement several years ago. And uh, I had a little complication for that, so I had to go to the step-down unit, which where you know it's not as intensive nursing care. But some friends came up to see me, and they were waiting while a doctor was in the room examining my leg. And they heard the nurses in their little station saying, yes, that's the guy on the radio. You just listen to him. Listen to his voice. You'll say, it's, that's Dave. That's the guy we listen to every morning. And so I got a big kick out of that. And, and I love them. I love getting recognized. But there were times... When I would say, um, okay, I, that, I just didn't need that. And, and I love that little nurse to death. And I hope she never gets to hear that story and recognizes as her. But that was embarrassing. <laughs> uh, good time, so, though. It's, it's good. It's yeah, good. Yeah. So just real quick, Mike, tell us a little bit about just kind of your your experience being here in Sanford County for most of your career. And, you know, because I'll tell you real quick, it believe it or not it was a tiny bit of a culture shock coming from even just cash valley down here you know the slower pace the i mean sapphic county is a pretty tight-knit community and uh you know it was a little bit unnerving at first to go how the heck do i fit in here yeah. um so tell me what you think about that mike well, yeah, it is a different way of, of life for sure. There, there's no Angie's restaurant to go to and, and hang out at. There's yeah. there's a few around there, but, uh, you know, it, it is. It's more laid back. It's it's more uh, a farming-type community. Uh, I mean, there's just some major uh, businesses there, a few. You work, either work at the prison, you work at the turkey plant, or you work for the government somewhere in school district or, or whatever. So there's only a few. I mean, there's others, obviously, but uh, – yeah, you're right. It, it it seems like you come in and uh, you're kind of an outsider. But, uh, you know, once you, you find a group of friends, and I know you were our friend when we were there, and you're still our friends, by the way, just so you know, because <laughs> we just came back to Vantai not uh, this summer and, and saw Zane and, and hung out with his family outside the church building, eating some ice cream and stuff like that. And, mm-hmm. and that's where he kind of reapproached me and said, hey, we've got to have you on Turnbuckle Trash. Yeah, I forgot about that. Let's get you on. So, um, you know, I'm glad I'm on now talking to you guys, but yeah, it, it is, you, you come to a small town and, uh, I grew up in a big city. I grew up in St. Louis. So here I come to a town of 3000 people when I'm in a city of, I don't know how many million, but you know, it's a, it's, it's really a lot different. And, uh, but yeah, it, you get that feeling that, you know, people there are, are caring. Uh, there's a lot of good caring people up in Cache Valley. My parents live up in Cache Valley and river Heights and, um, you know, there's just, uh, there's just good people all over. And, uh, I hope, hope Zane's felt that I, I felt that after a while being there and, and, uh, it's just a good hometown. I just could say it, it is a fun place. And, you know, and, uh, Dave, I'm sure you see all my pictures of, you know, the fishing and the hunting and the local things. And I mean, yeah, it's a neat, neat place. Especially if you love the outdoors. I mean, that that's the, and you do, you love the outdoors. You even went ice fishing this year, which they do a lot of in Cache Valley, but I don't think you get old big old Dave out there. No, not, not, <laughs> not. I'd be going cra- right through that daggone ice. So. <laughs> no, I was just going to say, you know, the one thing that I got a little chance to think about a little more there, 
is that the small towns uh, that are in Sanpete County, they each have their, their celebrations, and they may have this up in Cache Valley too, but, I mean, you go to Ephraim and they have Scandinavian days, and you see the guys wearing the, the horns and, the, you know, the, uh, <laughs> the Nordic stuff, and it's, it's really cool. You go to uh, just go to Fountain Green, and they got lamb days and Fountain Green. Uh, you go to uh, Mount Pleasant, they have Hub City days. They got the great county fairs uh, with stuff going on there. It's just more the rural type of atmosphere, and, and those are the big events, you know, 4th of July and, and uh, you know, just all those things that, that go on there. Demolition derbies, those are cool to go to. <laughs> it's, it's fun. Uh, so there are a lot of fun things in rural areas that you don't get to do, uh, you know, elsewhere. You know, I've always been one that, dude, Six Flags is the best. Why would I go to the county fair and ride those rides? Come on. But <laughs> you go to the rides and your kids love them and you love them and you play those silly games and pay money to try to win that dumb animal, but and you're having a good time. So rural areas are kind of really neat that way. And and uh, like Zane said, and, and you said, Dave, four-wheeling four in the mountains and going fishing and hunting and hiking and shooting and all that stuff, it, it's, it, it really does have some entertainment value to it. So, Mike, I wanted to ask you a quick Absolutely. question as we were talking about smaller towns and smaller markets. Uh, did you find it different when you were doing high school sports, especially when you went from your – your local small town feel of a school and you went to maybe Provo or maybe you went down into St. George and played the bigger schools. Did you, did you feel that the bigger schools had less participation from an audience? Uh, I don't know how, how you approach that. Well, uh, it, it just depended. If the football team was good from their school, they probably had more participation, but, uh, you're right. It seems the smaller schools have more of a, a, a devout, uh, you know, clientele, for lack of a better word, fans, because they come out whether the team's winning or losing, and that's their pride. I mean, the, the basketball teams at these small schools are, are like the Utah Jazz for Salt Lake, and I know the Utah Jazz has broad appeal to our little towns too, but these are the games that everyone went to. I mean, the people who don't have any kids going to school anymore would come to the games and watch because that was their team. So, yeah, I, that was a big thing uh, there. And when you go up to, like, uh, I went to Mountain Crest High School and stuff like that, and you call the school and they say, what do you want to do? We want to broadcast the game. Broadcast? You mean on the radio? Yeah. Do you have a place up there, maybe with some power and the phone line? No, we don't have anything like that. Who broadcasts high school games? You know, right. this was back, you know, 15, 20 years ago. And right. you're like, well, we do. And we've been doing it for like 30 years. So, And you had so a they, good they, audience for it, too. Your your local town really supports that, too, don't they? Exactly. You get a lot of uh, business support, wanting to have advertisements on the games to let people know they support the team. And it's just, it's really big. I think, in fact, uh, you know, not trying to let a cat out of the bag, I think, our high school games made more money than the local junior college did because there was more people who were interested in the high school games than the college because the college would bring in kids from all over the state and the high school team had the kids from the town on it. So it was just a lot bigger that way. But, yeah, that that, that was really different. The other thing that I noticed, uh, and this is just one little side story, I, fir- I just started at uh, uh, Mid-Utah Radio there in Sanpete County my first game was uh, that I called on the radio was a Juab high school basketball game. Manti was playing Juab, and here I'm, I'm from outside. I just came from, you know, uh, an LDS mission. I had just gotten back uh, about a year into being back, and this was my first game to call, so I didn't have any devotion to Manti or Juab, but I went and called the game at Juab high school, and I called the game on the radio, and then a Juab fan comes at, up to me after the game and says, I heard your San Pete drawl on that game. You were so one-sided, I couldn't believe it. I'm like, what are you talking about? I was just as excited for the Juab kids as Manti, but I was pegged as the Manti announcer. So yeah. anyway, it was kind of funny. They do that. And you can't win for losing sometimes. So uh, that's awesome. And when you're talking about high school sports, on uh, a recent edition of uh, Radio Guy Reflections, I talked to Bob Apoon, which is a name you might be familiar with. Bob Apoon did the uh, Utah State Aggie uh, broadcast for football and uh, basketball for several years. And Bob, when he was in Illinois, was in a small town and actually had an interview that we play on Radio Guy Reflections in 1978 with the man that came up with the idea for lights 
during a night football game. And back in the 20s, they had their very first one in Illinois. And that's a fascinating story. And it's on Radio Guy Reflections. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. So uh, anything else, Mike? Uh, you know, we, we appreciate you coming on here, but don't want to take up all your time because you're probably getting the live feed from San Antonio on Monday Night Raw, and i got to wait until 9 o'clock tonight to start watching it. <laughs> I won't play the spoiler and text you what happened, okay? <laughs> That's fantastic, Mike. I, I appreciate that. Zane? Well, hey, yeah, i just I got to thank Mike, too. You know, uh, I, I thank him for coming on the show. Thank you for sharing your knowledge and your stories. And uh, most of all, thank you for your friendship, Mike. Well, thank you, Zane and Dave. Good to be on your show finally, and this has been a real treat for me. I, I've been dreaming of being on Turnbuckle Trash since Zane brought <laughs> it up so to fun. me. And, yeah, yes. and uh, <laughs> I, I'm just glad to finally have it in there, man. I, I can't, But I don't have any ammunition to shoot at Zane anymore because now he's had me on the program, so darn it. <laughs> well, Mike, it's been it has, a pleasure, though. It has been a pleasure, and, and I'm going to go right back and say, uh, Zane is a very good friend and uh, we've been friends for several years now and kind of hit it off. We've been friends ever since. And now I got another friend. I got a friend in Dallas, Texas. So I appreciate you being on with us, man. All right. Thank you so much. You gentlemen have a good day. And that's radio guy reflections, a podcast about radio and the people behind the microphone in future podcasts. We'll look at what makes us successful and sometimes a train wreck of a radio show. As we say in the radio business, if you put that on the radio, people will listen to it. We'll talk with people who started in radio and moved on to success in other fields. Radio Guy Reflections will be back soon with another show about radio and the men and women who produce the radio programs you've loved to listen to. Radio Guy Reflections is a production of Dave's Voice Works.